Hey, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome. I want you to well, you stand with us this morning. Let's come together. Let's praise the Lord this morning. Come on. This is no performance. Lord, I pray it's worship. Empty words I can't afford. Come on, put your hands together. Now I'm not chasing feelings. That's not why I'm singing. You're the reason for my song. Come on, every voice, I only want to sing. Aren't you excited to be in church this morning? I am too. Hey, let's, uh, let's go into a word of prayer and then we'll continue on. Lord, thank you for this morning. God, that we get the opportunity to gather together and worship you. God, to learn more about you. 
Lord, this morning as we continue in this time of worship, help us to focus on you. Lord, to give you the praise, the time that you're absolutely deserving of. Father, we love you. Pray this all in your name. Amen.
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. Come on. Like a mighty storm, 
sing again. Like a rushing wind, Jesus breathed within. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Like a mighty storm. Like a mighty storm. Stir within my soul. Lord, have your way. Waymaker, 
miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We see you are here. You are here. Touching every heart, I worship you. Come on, we're singing out. I worship you. You are here. You are here. Healing every heart, I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Yeah. Turning lives around, I worship you. I worship you. Sing it out. You are here, mending every heart. Oh, I worship you.
Lord, thank you for the truth in that song. God, that even when there wasn't a way, when there isn't a way that we can see, we know that we can lean on you. Lord, for guidance, direction, the truth. Lord, that in the middle of chaos and disunity, you are still here. You're still speaking to us. Father, as we continue in this service, help us to stay in this moment, in this attitude, this posture of worship. Lord, that as Pastor Dave comes up to speak, Lord, first and foremost, that it would be a message from you and that we, we would be challenged by it. God, that we would move one step closer to you. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, hey, New Life family, thank you so much for joining us again online this weekend. Uh, my name is Jeremy, and so we hope you had a great week. And no matter what's going on in the world, we just want to continue to remind all of us that God is still in control and he hasn't forgotten about you. You know, the other day I was on my way uh, to the campus and I was listening to Maverick City Worship. If you've not listened to any of their music, I just want to encourage you to do so. They have some amazing, amazing stuff out there right now. And one of the songs that they have out right now called is called Jira. Jira, you are enough. Jira is another name for God. And so I was listening to that song coming in. And uh, just to be honest with you, I got pretty emotional listening to it because it made it was a great reminder for me to hear that Jira, you are enough. And because he is enough, we are enough. Because we are created in the likeness and in the image of Jesus Christ. So if he is enough, then he's created us to be enough. So I don't know who that's for out there. Maybe that's for a lot of people. But just wanted to encourage you and let you know that you are enough. Hey, this weekend is Sanctity of Life weekend, and it's something that New Life Christian Center takes very seriously. And so we have a video that we want you to watch with uh, Pastor Dave and Miss Gina uh, asking some, answering some questions about what does it mean to really honor the sanctity of life. Check out this video. Well, hey, Gina and I wanted to come today on this Sanctity of Life weekend and share with you the, the value of that, how important uh, it is. And uh, it's great that we don't have to social distance because we're in the same bubble together. Uh, but Gina is the executive director at Turlock Pregnancy and Health Center. And so I wanted just for us to come and have a little Q&A and talk a little bit about how the Pregnancy Center and Sanctity of Life kind of come together. But first, tell us a little bit about TPHC. Um, what you offer, what you do, what your mission is. Yeah, so Turlock Pregnancy and Health Center is a local religious nonprofit, and there's three branches to our outreach. So we have our intervention branch, which includes the medical clinic. We provide free and confidential pregnancy testing, ultrasounds, um, STI, STD 
testing and treatment to our local community. We also provide um, parent mentoring, prenatal and parent mentoring for those who choose to parent. So that's intervention, takes place at our center. Then we have prevention, that's what takes place out in the community. We have a team of presenters that present sexual health presentations to local students, school districts. Um, that usually affects three to 5,000 students a year, depending. COVID has changed a lot of that. Yeah. Um, we do have an online presence now and are still able to be a positive voice in students' lives to help them make sexual health decisions that lead to their optimal health. That's yeah. a goal of ours. So that's prevention. And then we have restoration, which is support and care for those who may have reproductive loss in their life through an abortion decision in their past. So that's for men and for women. And we have individuals that that's their story as well who will meet with those. Um, and we also have a Bible study um, if anyone's interested in receiving healing for a past abortion decision. Yeah. So. Wow, so really the whole gamut of intervention, mm -hmm. prevention, prevention, restoration. Yep. Uh, so when I, when I hear that and think about it, and we've talked about this a lot, but just seeing how many people that affects and the value of each individual life, uh, how does this Sanctity of Life Sunday, the Sanctity of Life weekend, uh, really connect with what you do at TPHC? Yeah, well, Sanctity of Life really for us, scripturally what we believe is that all life is created by God and created in His image. So specifically for what we do, a lot of times people think that just means the pre-born life of a child mm -hmm. that a woman may be carrying, especially if it was not a planned pregnancy. So that life is important. We do believe God's knitting that life together in that mother's womb. But the mother herself is also a precious life to God. Yeah. And so we are blessed to be able to come alongside women and provide a safe place for them to be heard, to be valued, to be educated on all of their options from someone who will not profit financially from whatever decision a woman makes. Yeah. And so that's a unique role for us, but we believe all life sacred from conception to natural death. The Bible tells us the Lord knows our days, numbers our days, and that we're created in His image. So we believe that each life is, yeah. is precious. And so much in our world and our culture today tends to marginalize certain people or certain segments of our population. And, and just even recognizing that God says each one matters is right. so important. Right. So if someone was listening to this, watching this, saying, how can I get involved? How can I make a difference? Uh, is there a way for me to connect with uh, Turlock Pregnancy Center? Um, what would they do? Well, anybody can connect with us by giving us a phone call or going to our website, which is turlockphc.com. But like all nonprofits, we have financial needs. And so if someone would like to partner with us financially, that's always appreciated. We can't do what we do without local support because we, as a medical clinic, we don't get any government funds. We're right. privately funded. So financially through- And there's no cost for anyone who comes in for those no. things, right? Yeah. All the school presentations that we do, all the student materials, all the medical services, the ultrasounds, the STD prescription treatments, all of that is provided for free by our organization wow. and meets very real needs in our community, especially during COVID. We've, our medical services have increased 60% 
since COVID wow. because doctors are um, having women wait longer to come in if they're pregnant. So we've been blessed to be open, to wow. stay open this whole time and to meet those needs. So I forgot what your question was <laughs> though. I went off on a tangent. So, how, can, how people can support us yeah, and, and be involved yeah. so they can be involved by volunteering through helping with events, mm -hmm. through volunteering in the center to be a parent mentor or to work in our baby boutique. Um, they can also volunteer to pray for us. We need prayer consistently. Yeah, yeah. And um, if they want to learn more, they can just even volunteer to be on our mailing list. If someone wants to be on our mailing list, let us know and they'll be able to keep updated on the impact yeah. that we're having locally. And read stories of life change and, and uh, really all that's yeah. going on there. So thank you. Thank you to you mm -hmm. and your team and for TPHC and all that you're doing to really raise the value and honor each and every life. So thank you for that. Well, it's a privilege, but thank you for you and for this church being monthly supporters of the work. We couldn't do it without you and also the many other ways New Life gives um, and many individuals who have become sustaining circle members, monthly donors that have yeah. helped us keep our doors open. So thank you. Well, we consider it a privilege. So thank you, New Life family. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Dave and, and Gina, for answering some of those questions. Wherever you are, will you bow your heads with me while we just pray and thank God for this thing that we call life? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for life. Father, you said that even before we were formed in our mother's womb, Lord, you knew exactly who we are and the purpose that you have for us. So from conception all the way to death, Lord, we thank you that everything in between, you have invited us to have a relationship with you. That's the purpose of life is to have a relationship with you, no matter what stage of life we're in. Father, we honor you and we bless you for that. In your name, amen, amen. Thank you for, for doing that with us. Hey, go ahead and take out your phones and check in with someone that you are watching New Life uh, Christian Center here online, whether you are watching the Patterson Campus Service or you're watching the Turlock Campus Service, whatever state you're watching from, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us this weekend. Hey, if you have any prayer needs that you would love for the staff here at New Life to be praying with you about, you could just text the word prayers to 30500. Also, so if you want to keep up with the latest of what's happening here at New Life, you can text the word UPDATE to, uh, to 30500. Uh, we, uh, like always, we want to encourage you to keep up with all the online resources that we have available to you. We work very hard in putting these resources together, so we want to say thank you to all of those of you who are taking advantage of those resources. And also, uh, with, uh, in regards to giving, we want to say thank you. Uh, because we could not do what we do without you. There are a couple of ways you can give. You can either uh, go on our app and give that way. You can go online to the website, newlifecc.com, click on give, and you can give that way. Or you can simply mail your gift in with the address that is on the bottom of your screen right now. That goes to uh, a P.O. box here in Turlock. But we just want to say, however you are staying connected to God through the uh, the spiritual discipline, the spiritual practice, the spiritual habit of giving back to God, surrendering to God will already belongs to him. We just want to say thank you.
thank you for your generosity and thank you for not get, uh, forgetting about New Life Christian Center uh, in, in part of your other spiritual disciplines that you are engaged in. So it's, it's just, it's a commandment. And it's one of the things that we always, uh, for those of you who are new, maybe watching this, it's the only place in Scripture where, where, Christ, where God says, test me. Test me and see that I won't open up the windows of heaven and bless you in your life. So thank you, all of those of you who are engaged in giving. Okay, so last week we introduced this, uh, this series that we're in called Direction. Uh, now, we started out by asking the question, how many of you need some direction in your life, all right? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand because I know that you need direction. I need direction. Sandy, you need direction. Austin, you need a lot of direction, okay? Uh, but we all need direction in our lives, and that is the series that we're going to be in over the next several weeks. So last week, we began kind of laying the foundation uh, of what this looks like to ask for God's direction in our life and kind of differentiating between God's direction for my life and my direction for my life. What's that mean? What is the difference there? It's pretty clear. And we gave some examples of what it means to follow my way or to follow God's way. Instead of asking questions like, God, who should I marry? What job should I take? Where should I live? Uh, how, should I, how should I engage in my community? Those are all great questions. But the most important thing that matters to God is, who am I becoming? That is the question that we should ask. God, am I becoming the person that you created me to be? We said that God is much more concerned with who we are becoming than he is about the occupation we have or whether or not we buy that car, accept that offer, make that deal, date that girl or that guy. Like we said, those things are critical, okay? They are really important to God, but they're not what matters most to him. What matters most to God is that we are holy. That's what he's created us to be to be different and to be set apart. That's what it means to be holy. We also talked about uh, the decision-making process behind some of the directions that we choose to follow. And, uh, I, I am who I am today because of a decision I made in the past, and I'm going to be who I am tomorrow because of a decision that I'm making today. And we also said that no matter what season of life that you're in, no matter if you're a male or a female, we are always one decision away. We could be one decision away from completely altering our lives. Just one. For better or for worse, one decision away. Every choice we make, big and small, affects different aspects of our lives. And because of that, one of the best decisions we can make whenever we feel an impulse or facing a critical life-changing moment is to simply stop and pause, take a breath, sleep on it, think it over, maybe get some godly wisdom from someone that you trust. So way back in the, in, in the late 90s, I think Taylor was just a baby, Janet and I decided that we wanted to be a minivan family, all right? <laughs> For those of you that have minivans, there's nothing wrong with them if you've got a great one, okay? So we had a, a vehicle that we decided we wanted to get a minivan. So one Saturday morning, we wake up and we go minivan shopping. Woohoo! Boy, that was so exciting. And we found one. Now, Janet and I already had a number in our head. We are not going to spend over this amount. Not one penny over this amount. 
So we found this, uh, this uh, I don't even remember what, what year it was, but it was a Nissan Quest, all right? But I remember getting in this van, driving it down. Man, it was smooth. It was nice. Uh, it was only about five years old, so it had all the bells and whistles that we were looking for. And it was about $2,000 over that amount that we had agreed on. So we drove back to the dealership, and I said, okay, we really like it. Here's what I'm willing to give you. And I gave him our price. He came down a little bit and said, this is the best I can do. I said, nope, it has to be this. He came down a little bit more but still wasn't where uh, we needed to be. So I said, nope, I'm sorry, we're walking away. So Jan and I got in our vehicle and started driving away. We got about five miles away from the dealership, and my phone rings. He says, hello, this is so-and-so from the dealership. Uh, here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to give it to you for $250 over your price. And I said, I can't believe that you're, you are willing to lose the sale of this vehicle over $250. And then he says to me, I can't believe you're going to go home and not purchase these, this vehicle for just $250 more than what you're willing to spend. So we pulled over on the side of the road. Jan and I talked about it. We went back and we bought that van. It was the worst vehicle ever. We had problems after problems after problems. I'm telling you, this thing was the biggest lemon. I would have driven it to the Grand Canyon and, and just driven it right out into the canyon if it would have made it. I don't think it would have made it to the Grand Canyon from Tennessee. But what would our lives look like if we, what, if we would have just went home and slept on it? If we would have paused and stopped before we made that decision? What, what would our lives look like if we had more discipline and self-control to make the right decisions? Remember last year we broke down all of the ingredients of the fruit of the Spirit and we talked about what it's like to have more self-control in our lives. Well, how different would your life look today if you would have hit the pause button a few times? Now, I know we consistently say not to revisit the past because of a lot of, the, uh, a lot of us have the tendency to, to stay connected to some of the mistakes that we've made. And sometimes that, those, those kinds of connections to our past keep us from moving forward. But how different would your life look if you would have obeyed some of those spiritual stop signs that God was putting in front of you before saying what you said, before doing what you did, before that first hit, that first look, that first drink, that first flirt, before saying yes to that marriage proposal or no to that job offer or a maybe to that invitation to attend a service here at New Life. If you had the opportunity to stop and consider all your options before making critically important life-changing decisions, would you do it? Of course you would. All of us would. We would do that. Because remember what we said last week, your decisions today, both big and small, determine the direction of your life tomorrow. Whatever decisions and thoughts we water today will be something we have to deal with when it begins to grow tomorrow. And I know this is like cold water down your back this weekend. I, I don't like it any more than you do. Trust me, this is uncomfortable for me to go into as well, but it's good for our souls here in 2021. Because all during 2020, you and I were watering something. Some of us were watering success, while others of us watered failure. 
Some were watering acts of service in the community while others watered hoarding and, su- and, and surplus. Some were watering trust and surrender to God while all of, uh, others watered fear and worry and anxiety. Whatever you watered last year in 2020, you might have to deal with the growth of in 2021. So what did you water? The decisions we made last year determined the direction of our lives this year. And if we could go back to March of 2020 and undo or unsay or ungo or untype some of the decisions that we made, or at least see all the options before we made some of those decisions, I think nearly 100% of us would do that. Another truth about our decisions is this. Every decision we make affects more than just us. No matter how large or small, my decisions, even the ones that I make in private, affects at least one other person in my life, and most of the time, more than one. A decision to get healthy, okay, that that doesn't just affect me. It affects the way how long I can spend on this earth with my family or maybe even in my career if I'm a healthier person. A decision to become a follower of Jesus, it doesn't just affect me, it affects my family. It may set a new course for the spiritual direction that my family goes into. Maybe a decision to become debt-free, which not only brings financial freedom to me, but also my family and it may give me an opportunity to, st- to, to teach stewardship to my family. Or it could be some bad decisions. A decision to get a divorce. Maybe that if it doesn't just affect me, it also affects my kids or my friends and my career. A decision to spend more, spend more than actually I can afford. It doesn't just put me in financial jeopardy. It has the potential to put my family in financial hardships and stress as well. Maybe it's a decision to keep saying no to God. That doesn't just affect me. It could affect the the potential of a spiritual future for my family. So what we're going to do this weekend is we're going to to keep building on the foundation that we began to lay last weekend for how God's direction for our lives is better than our our, our direction and what it means to follow him instead of following me. Moving forward, what could happen in our lives if we embrace the wisdom of stopping before we make life-changing, life-altering decisions and actually obeyed the stop sign given to us by God before making those decisions? To stop and pray and think and process through some of those decisions before making them. And I want to do it this weekend by learning a lesson taught to us by Moses way back in, uh, in Jewish history, back in the Old Testament, okay? Because I believe that Moses' decision to stop and pause his life is something that we all can learn from this weekend as well, okay? So to set it up, Moses knew that something in his life had to stop. That something in his life had to change. Okay, so by this time in history, he'd already led the Jewish nation out of Egypt. And they were in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. But everyday life was still happening to these people. There were still births and deaths and disputes and mediations and marriages and property settlements. And Moses became the sole judge responsible for hearing all these problems. And then passing down judgments for all the cases that he was hearing. 
And remember, this wasn't just a few hundred people in a community where everyone knew each other. No, this was hundreds of thousands of people that he was presiding over. And he did this day after day after day until finally his father-in-law, Jethro, approaches him and says, Dude, what are you doing? Now, just in case you don't know, in the Jeremy version, uh, the Jeremy translation of Scripture, there's a lot of dudes in there. So that's kind of how I interpret that. But Jethro was saying, you got to stop. You're going to wear yourself out. Jethro, even Jethro knew that this was incredibly unhealthy and a short-term uh, solution for what he was trying to do. This was incredibly unhealthy for anyone to try to accomplish. Look what he says to Moses in Exodus chapter 18, verses 17 and 18. He says, Moses, this is no way to go about it. You'll burn out, and the people ride along with you. You see, it doesn't just affect. Your decisions don't just affect you. It affects others. And the people ride along with you. This is way too much for you. And you can't do this alone. You see, Moses had all these chainsaws up in the air trying to juggle some really heavy stuff while also trying to maintain his own business and his own relationship with God. This, was, this wasn't the best long-term plan for the Jewish people or their leader, Moses. And so his father-in-law says, if you don't stop doing something, if you don't stop and do something differently, you're going to crash. And you're going to take others with you. Some of you are watching. Some of you are listening right now and you're saying, wow, that's me. Maybe this is you. You've got all these decisions and responsibilities up in the air like spinning plates and you're doing your absolute best to keep them spinning just enough to where they don't fall to the ground and break. But Jeremy, they're all these plates are equally important to me. I can't determine one over the other. I have to keep them all going. Really? <laughs> Do you really have to keep them all spinning? Remember, every decision we make today is going to affect the story that you and I tell tomorrow. So what do you have spinning? What plate is spinning, barely spinning, just to stay up on that stick that you really don't need to be part of your story? That really doesn't have to do with God's plan for you. Maybe it's a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up, a mindset, an addiction, or an attitude. What is hijacking the story that you want to tell in the future? What's infiltrating your mind and spirit that you need to stop before you make the wrong decision? What thoughts and actions do you need to stop watering today before it starts growing tomorrow? So let's look at a few reasons why God's direction is best and why he puts those stop signs in front of our way. Because if you're like me, if you're a dude, you hate asking for directions. Men, am I right? You hate stopping and asking for directions? We will drive around forever in denial that we're lost before we stop and ask directions from the voice of reason, which is most of the time coming from our spouse, you know, I can still hear Janet in my ear. If you don't pull over and ask someone, I'm going to fill in the blank with your own spouse there. <laughs> but what, what can happen spiritually if we do stop and ask for directions? Sometimes I, think, sometimes I don't think that we realize the importance of getting good directions from God. 
But I believe if we follow God's direction instead of ours, we'll enjoy his blessing for us. And in return, we can be and bring a blessing to others. So write this down for number one. Here's your first fill-in for this weekend. God gives me stop signs for my protection. God gives me stop signs for my protection. The book of Proverbs, uh, I love the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and it's an entire book of wise sayings. Okay, some people say uh, that they're all that they're a bunch of promises to us. That's not what they are. They're just a bunch of wise sayings. And God inspired man to write these uh, as 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 a guide for us to watch over ourselves and protect us from making bad decisions. He inspired this book and others in the Bible to guide us and to protect us, to ensure us that if we live by these wise sayings, that we can go by his guidance and his protection and his direction and not be so distracted by our own way. He's given us spiritual stop signs to warn us of what could happen if we make certain decisions. In fact, the word wisdom is mentioned in the book of Proverbs around 50 times because God is showing us the importance of stopping before we make a decision. Because he always wants to give us the next right thing to do. Why? Because that's how much he loves you. He wants the best for you. God's plans for you are not to fail or fall. We bring those decisions on ourselves. In fact, his plans and purpose for you is just the opposite. Look what he says in Jeremiah 29, 11. I love the message translation of this verse. I know what I'm doing, says the Lord. This is God talking. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Not hoped, past tense for, but the future you hope for. Jeremy. That verse is for the people of Israel, okay? Thousands of years ago, that's not for me. No, you're wrong. That's for you as well. God has plans to take care of you. He has it all planned out. Some of you need to hear this right now because of the unrest in our country. God's plans are still good for you. Maybe you're thinking that going from 2020 to 2021, that you were going to be more settled in your spirit or in your mind, that you were going to be less anxious and less fearful more confident that this year was going to be different. Listen, God still has you in the palm of his hand, and he still has a future that you hope for. And maybe God is trying to connect with you this year by saying, stop doing so much. Put some of those plates down. You're going in the wrong direction, and I'm trying to get you to see that. We talked about this before, that when we're driving, we, we, saw, we see all kinds of warning signs of what, of what lies ahead. And those signs are to keep us from, being in, from getting into trouble. We see signs like bridge out, rows closed, uh, uh, heavy traffic ahead, water in roadway. All those signs are for our safety, for our protection. Those are warning signs for us. And if we ignore those signs and we keep going in that direction, we're going to be in trouble. It's a decision that we'll have to live with. It's a warning sign that we keep ignoring. One of, the, one of those that we just keep watering. And God works the same way. If we're going the wrong direction and if we are open to listening to him, 
The Holy Spirit will speak to us either to you in some way or through someone else to you and say things like, you need to pull over. You're going the wrong way. Don't turn in there. You're doing too much. You're not spending enough time with your family or your spouse. Or that job is not worth it. Don't buy that. Don't push sin. Don't post that. <laughs> How many of you have heard that over the last year? What could it cost you if you don't stop and ask God for direction? Well, for Moses, it could have cost him everything. One of the greatest leaders in the history of humanity, God clearly spoke to Moses through his father-in-law and said, stop. You can't keep going at this pace. You can't keep doing this. Moses saw the stop sign and he used wisdom enough to get direction from his father-in-law, from God, and he took his advice. So look at the advice that Jethro gave him. It's found in verses 19, 19 through 23 in Exodus 18. Jethro says this to Moses, now listen to me. And let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his, his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives, but select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Now look how Moses responds. This is Jethro's advice given to him. Now look what Moses says. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. Verse 24. Wow, that was easy. <laughs> I guess Jethro thought there's going to be a lot of pushback. Some, no, no, it's okay. I can handle this. But no, Moses was ready Moses heard the stop sign and had wisdom enough to listen to it. God gives you and I wisdom to stop us, to protect us. What advice, what suggestions are in your ear right now that maybe you need to stop and listen to before it's too late? What do you need to stop today before you make a decision that becomes the wrong part of your story tomorrow? God gives us wisdom to stop, to protect us. Here's number two. Write this down for number two. God gives me stop signs to prepare for the next turn. God gives me stop signs to prepare for the next turn. Look what King David wrote in Psalm 5. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Each morning I bring my request to you, talking about the Lord, and I wait expectantly. King David was saying... You know, I could just get up in the morning, jump into my day at 100 miles an hour, not paying attention, totally distracted by being the king of Israel, fulfilling my destiny and my purpose uh, of being a man after God's own heart. But instead, I'm going to stop, bring my request to God, and wait with expectation. I'm going to wait at this, at this four-way stop sign for God to give me my next turn. 
We've all taken wrong turns, haven't we? I don't know about you, but... Uh, There's nothing more frustrating than when I'm on the interstate and I see two or three exits like right in a row, very close in proximity, and I'm trying to listen to my GPS and there's heavy traffic and then I hear, take exit. There's three exits. Which one do I take? And all of a sudden I just get off on the wrong one. Just thinking about it makes my shoulders tighten up because that's how much I hate it. I remember back in 2007, I came to California for the very first time. I brought a group of students. We were doing an inner city missions trip uh, for, uh, for the Dream Center down in L.A., and on day two, we were out. It was kind of late. It was dark. And that's before they had GPS on your phone. Okay, this was 13, 14 years ago now. And so you had to rent a GPS uh, system from the, the, wherever you rented your car from. And so I rented one. And so they weren't super high tech. But I remember just driving down through downtown L.A. All these exits were so close, unfamiliar territory, trying to listen to GPS while I have 15 students in the back uh, 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 of the van and hearing take exit. So I took the exit that was just right there beside me. And I remember ended up in a super sketchy part of LA with 15 students. It's almost midnight. I'm freaking out. Now I'm mad, but it's frustrating, isn't it? When you take the wrong exit. Well, let me ask you an even scarier question. Have you ever accidentally blown through a stop sign? Now, I said accidentally, okay, for all of you offensive drivers out there. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's one of the scariest feelings in the world for me. In my 32 years of driving, I've probably done it less than five times. But each one of those times, man, my heart just sinks. It scares me to death because my mind automatically starts thinking, what if? What if a car was crossing? What if a person was crossing? How stupid and distracted could I have been not to see that stop sign? Remember, we are always one decision away from changing the course of our lives. And you say, well, Jeremy, you didn't make the decision. If it's an accident, you're not making the decision to run that stop sign. No, but it could be a decision that I'm deciding to fiddle with my radio instead of paying attention or look down at a text message or trying to get that Coke bottle that rolled under the the passenger seat. Whatever the distraction could be, it's a decision that could cost me everything. I believe especially now because of everything that's still happening in our country, God has some stop signs in front of us. Yet you and I have the tendency to blow right through them because we're so distracted with what's going on around us with the news and social media and who's right and who's wrong and who's blue and who's red and dates and theories. And God is trying to get us to stop going in that direction towards worry and defeat and wonder by saying, hey, New Life family, stop. Keep your eyes on me. You stay focused on me. Is all of that going on around us, is it wrong? Is it, is it crazy? Is it chaos? Is it scary? Of course, it's a broken world. You keep your eyes focused on me because I will not lead you to fear. I will lead you to peace. I believe that is the stop sign that he's given all of us this weekend. He's saying pay attention. Because you are about to run this stop sign that I'm putting in front of you. Because you're too distracted by what's going on around you. 
And this decision to not pay attention is one that could cost you everything. Stop, don't say that. Stop, don't act that way. Stop, don't go there. Don't take that job. Stop, don't date that person. Stop, turn off your phone, turn off your computer, turn off the news. There's wisdom in the stop because I believe he's trying to give us our next turn. Not just individually, but as a capital C church and as a nation. And I know it's frustrating sometimes because God doesn't always reveal the destination to us all at once. Actually, very rarely does he reveal the end result to us. It's almost always step by step by step. Even when he called Abraham, he said, Abraham, pick up your stuff, pack up your family, your possessions, your property. He just gave Abraham his next right step. And Abraham was wise enough to stop and to listen to the Lord. What are the stop signs that God's put in front of you right now? Is God perhaps trying to get you to stop because you're going the wrong way? Going too fast? Maybe you're just cruising along, going some direction without paying attention. You're too distracted. Or maybe you've been obeying him and going the right way. You're doing what you're supposed to do. But now God's done with you going that way. He's trying to get you to stop and give you your next right turn. Turn right towards faith. Now stop. Turn left towards dependence. Now stop. Now take another right towards surrender and trust. Now stop. Now rest a bit. The more we listen and obey the stop signs, the less likely you and I will be to make the wrong decision. And the third reason God gives me wisdom to stop is to simply be with him. So here's your third fill-in for the weekend. God gives me stop signs to rest in him. He gives me stop signs to rest in him. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, this is Jesus speaking. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the message translation of the Bible. It says this, are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Those scriptures right there, 28 through 30, do not speak into fear and anxiety and worry of our culture. Instead of looking at that, instead of following that, let's follow these three verses. I don't know about you, but sometimes, man, I'm, I'm just tired. My mind is tired. My spirit gets tired, my soul gets tired, my eyes and my body just gets tired. And I know what that means for me. I know that when I get like this, Jesus has invited me to rest in him. He's invited me to get away with him more. What do you think, Jeremy, what's that mean? What does that mean to get away with Jesus more? Let me tell you, currently I started walking a little more. Two or three times a week, I have the same route that I take in my neighborhood. It's about four and a half miles. I've been doing that more and more. And when I do that, I listen to like leadership podcasts or preachers or worship music. I know you're thinking you're the biggest dork. I, I don't, some people listen to like power yoga music while they're walking, not me. I've got some preacher going on in my head. But when I get back home, I am refueled. 
I feel drained before I go and I know I need to spend time with God and I'll put some worship music on. I'll go for a four and a half mile walk and by the time I get home, I'm re-energized. I'm recharged. That's my time to spend with my creator. Yeah, I could go week after week and not do that. I could go month after month and just ignore the stop sign to rest and be with Jesus. I could ignore the stop sign to stop and refuel. I could ignore that my tank is getting empty. But the decision to ignore that stop sign and keep going for me and for you has severe consequences. Jethro told Moses, you're going to burn out and you're going to take others down with you. If I make the careless decision to not stop and to rest and recharge, I'm going to burn out. I'm going to take others down with me. I'm no good to myself. I'm no good to my family. I'm no good to my campus. I'm no good to the kingdom or God's plans for me. God said, for I know the plans I have for you. But if we don't stop and pause before making some of the decisions we do, we can delay those plans for our, for our lives. There's a reason why God included the day of rest in the schedule during creation. He did it as an example for you and I to follow. God's schedule was work, 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 rest. Did I get six works in there? Work, 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 rest. There you go. <laughs> and then repeat. Psalm, 30, Psalm 23, 2 and 3 says this. He makes me, <laughs> not invites me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. We're still talking about direction and decision making here. All of this is connected. One of the best ways to look at how not stopping is going to impact your life is to kind of fast forward it. Kind of fast forward the play in your life. Do you want the times of your life when you ignored the stop signs to be part of your story? The decisions you make today define who you become tomorrow. We all need guidance every single day with every difficult decision that we have to make, don't we? Following the directions of God saves us from wandering off and from wasting time and energy on the things that don't even matter in the end. The things that we don't want in our story. If we don't want to have to manage it tomorrow, we need to quit watering it today. And watch for the stop signs that God is putting in front of us. <coughs> Excuse me. And if you can say this weekend, Jeremy, there's actually like five things that I need to stop doing. Okay, that, that means that you know what they are. You know what those five things are. Pick one. Just pick one and attack it with a vengeance. What is it? Selfishness? Is it pride, greed, lust, envy? A bad attitude? A critical tongue? Alcohol, drugs, pornography? A temper? Low self-esteem? You know we could go on and on and on with an exhaustive list. Remember, you and I have a decision to make. And the decisions we make today determine who we become tomorrow. Those decisions become part of our story. And they don't just affect me. They affect others around me. So how do we do this? Well, first of all, realize this is not a sprint. It is a marathon. 
It's a long race, so we have to pace ourselves. It took Moses a while to learn. He had to lower his pride. He had to know that this is not sustainable for a long term. He had to admit that his father-in-law was right. He had to find other leaders to delegate responsibility. It's not going to happen overnight. So if you wake up tomorrow and you don't feel different, don't get discouraged. Keep going. God will and he can help you. He will and he can help you. But you have to want it. You have to want to see the stop sign. You have to be willing to be obedient when you hear him whisper, feel him whisper inside your spirit to say, stop. Fix your eyes and thoughts on Jesus. Do you want to be, do you want to more readily see that stop sign when it's ahead? Then do this. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. I love the passion translation of this. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable and beautiful and respectful and pure and holy, merciful and kind and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. If we fix our minds like that, that'll help us see the stop sign that's ahead. This isn't behavior modification. This is spiritual transformation. We have to clear out the clutter in order to connect better with Jesus. You may say, Jeremy, I've tried it on my, war- I've tried it on my own and it didn't work. And you're right. If you try it again on your own, it's not going to work again. You need Jesus and you need others to help you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can make better decisions. In the name of Jesus and with his help, you can have the ability to stop before making that next decision that will determine who you are and who you are becoming for the rest of your life. Will you invite him to be part of your life and help you write the rest of your story? God's clearly given us stop signs. But the question is, am I available Have I made myself available to be able to see them? Bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, first of all, I thank you, Lord, that when you created us, when you created the world, Lord, you didn't just just wind it up like a toy and just kind of let it go however it wants and sit back and not intervene with us, Lord. You have always been part of what's going on. Lord, you were part of creation, and when you created humanity, you said it is very good. And Father, because of that, Lord, you watch over us. You protect us. Lord, you want us to rest in you. Lord, you want to be part of our lives. Lord, you want to guide us and give us every, every spiritual turn that we come up to. Lord, and you also have given us wisdom that when we come up to those decisions that we have to make, Lord, you will give us pause. You will give us stop signs. But Lord, sometimes we just blow right through those things. Father, I just pray over everyone under the sound of my voice that we will heed the warning signs that you give us, that we will pause, that we will rest before making some of those critical decisions. Father, 2021, Father, I just pray a blessing over everyone that's watching, over everyone that's listening. Lord, I know that 2021 is going to be a great year for your church. It's going to be a great year for us. 
Father, the closer we get to you, the more we discover who we are to become, Lord, the better you and I can connect. And Father, I pray that over every single person this morning. Lord, that we will heed the stop signs, that we will heed the warning lights that come on. Father, that we will have wisdom in knowing when to stop and to keep our eyes fixed and focused on you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for so much for tuning in this weekend. Uh, don't forget about all the announcements we made. We have resources available to you. Get your prayer requests into us by texting the word prayers to 30500. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity. And don't forget this, this weekend is the Sanctity of Life weekend. So take time and thank God this weekend for your life. We love you. We'll see you again next weekend.